Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Into the Mind with Marlon Johnson. If this is your first time here, what this is is a podcast where I take my network of elite-level athletes, investors, entrepreneurs, and different folks of success, and we dive deeply into the mindset that they had to cultivate in order to achieve the success that they have. We have guests of so many different avenues, so many different walks of life, so many different age groups. I think this podcast is going to be extremely valuable to everybody across the board. So before we get started today, what I want you to do, I want you to go ahead and like this podcast, subscribe to it right now so that you never miss an episode, stick with me for the journey, and you're going to actually watch me build this thing from being tiny into a massive global empire. I am talking about people are going to be like, yo, you listen to Into the Mind? We're talking bigger than the Joe Rogan podcast. That is where we are going with this. That is what you are currently a part of. You are listening to it from the very beginning. So right now, today, this is episode one. The way I'm going to be doing these podcasts is I go ahead, I go out, I make these connections with these amazing people. I get to know them. They open up to me. I ask them questions. We dive deeply in on their life, their business, and what it takes to be successful. I don't like to do interviews or introductions during our interviews. So after I do my interviews with these people and after we have the conversations, I then come back on the back end. I create these introductions to let you know what it is we'll be talking about. So today is episode one. You are going to be listening to one of my favorite people, Sydney Olson. For those of you that do not know, Sydney Olson is an amazing, amazing parkour athlete. She's a stunt woman. You may have seen her on the new Fox Tag show. She was actually brought on as a consultant, and she also was one of the athletes used in the actual show. So go check her out right now. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on social media. Watch her on the Fox Tag show. And today we speak about what happens when you are brand new to an industry and you have to break in. You still haven't yet established yourself and what sort of mindset you have to cultivate and also what it's like to achieve your goals and where do you go from there. After you've gotten to the top of the proverbial mountain, what do you do next? So listen up. Don't forget to share this with friends if you get any sort of value from this and I'm going to catch you guys on the back end record on this computer perfect all right so what's up everybody we're chilling here with the one and only sydney olsen she's super awesome super excited to have you back on the show we haven't really gotten a chance to catch up since last year at woodward for those of you that do not know sydney she's an amazing athlete came in first place last year at red bull art of motion 2019 came first in skill and style for NAPC, which was super rad. She's been absolutely crushing the scene with just video and content you've been putting out. And you're also right now on the Fox Ultimate Tag Show, which has been crazy. Like, it's so funny. I actually have not even had an opportunity to watch a single episode yet, but every non-parkour person in my life is constantly sending me clips like, oh my God, you need to see this. Oh my God, look at this. Look, And I'm like, oh God, like I, I know half of those people, 
and like I just don't have time to watch it yet but it looks insane so. yeah it was a really fun show to work on um actually when I first got hired to work on it I don't know let me let me dial it back a bit because it's such a long story but uh basically I was originally hired with Toby Seeger to work on the pilot episode of it he was currently like working on the show and they were just like trying to put it together and so the pilot episode was nothing big. They were just kind of like seeing if this works or not, you know? And so they set up these weird courses that were just so bizarre. And uh, basically they'd have me chase all these random people around to see how quickly <laughs> I could get the tag. And oh my gosh, I loved it. I had so much fun. <laughs> I would just dive at people. There were so many times where I bailed and stuff, just playing this game. And um, I'd get the tag really quickly and then over time when Fox was like trying to put together a TV show, they're like, well, this is cool and all, but at the same time, we need like more personality and stuff. And so they actually decided to bring me on as a producer and help with like the parkour um, setup with everything. So that was really exciting as I got to work as a consulting producer and um, make sure that everything looked good as far as the courses and as far as like people learning how to do parkour like everyone on the show including the tigers and contestants I actually taught how to do some basic parkour so that way they could use vaults and like know how to like run around obstacles and stuff so they weren't getting hurt <laughs> which is that good is, dude that's so cool so you're telling me that you basically were able to come into a parkour show and your parkour athleticism got you kind of in the door, but it's not the only skill set you were able to bring to yeah. the overall operation. It was a very new thing for me, too. Um, I had never done anything like that before. And I actually, I worked with uh, Corey DeMyers and Josh Yaden as well. They were also consulting producers. So I got to learn a lot, especially from Corey, who's kind of been down that road and has done stunt coordinating and all that kind of stuff. So he was really helpful to have on hand so that I could know like where I'm overstepping and where I'm not stepping enough and what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to do. And it was a really good learning experience. And then when we started filming, probably day two of filming, they realized that they did not have enough tigers and they couldn't really have time to bring in someone new. So they were like, Sydney, you should just be a tagger as well. <laughs> so then I kind of dropped my contract as far as being a consulting producer and me and Josh Yadin both actually got to be taggers as well. So uh, that was really exciting. And that's why if you do watch the show, you'll never see me in the first part of the episode. I'm always towards the end because I came in relatively late um, in filming. We were probably about halfway done by the time I actually started filming in these episodes. Yo, that is so cool. So here's something that's interesting, and I guess I'm going to see it for myself when I watch the show, is a buddy of mine was telling me, he also knows all the parkour athletes, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. Every character on the show has their own persona, and he's going through the list. He's like, yeah, you know, like this person's a little crazy, and this person's like supposed to be really cocky. And then he's like, yeah, and then there's Sydney, and she's, she's Sydney. Like, it's like, she like pretty much got to play herself. And yeah, and I think that's a lot of it had to do with um, we couldn't really define a character that made sense for me um, because I guess accomplishments in parkour and stuff, they sort of spoke for themselves. And so they were just like, yeah, Spitfire is kind of good. It makes sense. You're like sort of all over the place. You're unpredictable. And they were thinking of like the air, uh, British airplane and stuff, the Spitfire. I don't know if you know about it, but um, so that was the original reason they named me that. And as far as people's characters, yeah, like everyone was kind of exaggerating. Of course, you have the geek who's like, every time he does something, he needs to be all geeky when he talks. It's like, oh, well, 
you know, the, the arithmetic adds up and then <laughs> you have me who's like, I don't even know what to say. I don't want to just be myself because like, you kind of have to be bigger. They wanted these big personalities and that sort of almost stressed me out a little bit because I didn't know how to be bigger. I was just, you know, myself might be like a little bit self-deprecating and stuff, but I couldn't be like that. I had to be very confident and very sassy. And so I got to bring out that side of myself that I wasn't fully aware I had. <laughs> That's so cool. Cause it's funny. I was actually remembering last year, the conversation we had and I actually went and like re-listened to our podcast and it was Me cool. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Cause it was so cool. Cause we, you know, you spoke about this, uh, you know, in coming into the stunt world and coming into the performance world, you've got to get used to being told no a lot. And then you sort of start to figure out, well, what is my role and where do I fit into things and where, what, where am I valued? And then to see now, like it's a year later and you have this show and Sydney gets to be Sydney, you know, a little bit of a bigger, brighter Sydney, but ultimately it's you. And I was like, wow, that's so rad because we just talked about this last year. Yeah. And the other learning experience from that show that I had was oftentimes, you, you know, we've talked about expectations and letting go of stuff like that. But um, when I wasn't immediately hired to be a tagger on the show, I was pretty disappointed um, I didn't understand why I was like, oh, but I like this is kind of made for me like I'm a good parkour athlete. I thought I had a pretty good personality. Um, I wasn't sure why it wasn't working out. But then because I wasn't hired immediately for that, I got to be a producer. And that was a very new thing for me. And then I also got to be a tiger. So it worked out way better than it would have if I just originally was hired as a tiger. So that was a big lesson for me to learn. And I've applied it in a lot of things in life when I'm like, why isn't this working out? It says, you know, maybe there's something better coming. You know, and that's actually something I want to talk about with the idea of opening yourself up for new opportunities and really expanding. A lot of times I think we get into a place where we are so certain in our mind that this is the only thing I want. And anything that's not this is like trying to ultimately pull me away. But instead seeing, well, how can I take this other thing and maybe add it to the overall picture and evolve so that I have more options, I have more tools on my tool belt? You know, so yeah. that's something that you see a little bit more now as you keep growing in yourself and growing in your life? Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I've learned recently is try not to put insistence on goals that I have, right? So if I have a goal of reaching the top of a mountain, I don't want to insist that the only way to do it is to go straight up, right? Like there might be this whole trail that goes this way and it looks like it's going up and my cat Jackson wants to be in the video. Like pick up this thing along the way, along the way that I wouldn't have picked up um, if I just went straight up. So, you know, maybe I find a really cool rock that I get to keep or maybe, you know, there's, there's so many layers to it and you get to see views that you didn't get to see before because you went on this way that helped evolve you more as a person. So I think when you're in that headspace where this is all you want and you know that this is what you want in life um, and that, that'll happen for you, it will. Like if you just keep your mindset towards that goal, like that goal is likely to happen, but you cannot insist that it has to work out a certain way. And one of the things that that's probably taught everybody recently is with the coronavirus and the quarantine, a lot of people are always saying, oh, I wish I had more time for my family, or I wish I, had, I didn't have to work, or I wish I did, could do this or that. And that put you in the position where you were able to do all of that stuff. And a lot of people weren't even like recognizing it at first because it wasn't the expectation that they originally had behind that, you know? 
Oh my God. I love that. I absolutely love it because, you know, like I actually hadn't put that thought together with COVID. Like I definitely have looked at like the quarantine as time to build myself, but I hadn't put it in words like that. And that's awesome to be able to say like, okay, yeah, like you asked for this thing and here it is, like it's presented to you, but because you have it fixed in your mind that getting it needs to look like this, you're ignoring the opportunity that's clearly in front of you. Like someone's holding your prize directly in front of you and you're ignoring it because you're like staring over here because you're convinced it's supposed to come from the right and it's just standing there on your left-hand side. You're like telling them like, yo guys, leave me alone. Like I'm waiting for my prize. And it's like it's right there. there. (laughs) That is so cool. So, and that's funny because, um, you know, it starts to lead into the headspace. And that's what I wanted today to really be about talking about that mindset and talking about having those mental shifts, because I think that's, that's big. You know, you just spoke on it. The fact that it's not necessarily that the opportunity isn't there for us and that we don't have the capabilities to do things. Oftentimes, I find it's we're not aware that the opportunity is clearly sitting right in front of us. It's kind of like getting parkour vision. As you start to get better as an athlete, you come back to the same spots that were garbage last year. But now you're like, oh, spots weren't garbage. My skills were garbage. So working on your mindset, is that something you do, um, you know, consciously, regularly, irregularly? Like you don't even think about it. Like what's what's that kind of look like for you? Yeah, right now, well, actually, within the past year, I've learned a lot of, like, really hard lessons, probably since the last time we did a podcast. Um, 2019 was a really incredible year as far as growth and change. Um, After we talked, that's when NAPC happened. It went really well for me. I really wanted to do well in skill this year, and I did, and I wasn't expecting to win, but I really wanted to go back and be able to just defeat all of the challenges. That's what I wanted, is to be able to do them all. And um, that was really exciting when I was able to do pretty much all of the challenges. I think there was only one that I didn't get a chance to try. But, um, and that was a lot of mindset stuff. And that was a lot of self-work for me. It was being able to get to the headspace where it's like, I just need to work on it. That's all. I don't need to, um, I don't need to sit there and put blame on myself for not being good enough to do it. I just need to work on it. So that was really good. And then Art of Motion happened, which further proved like, hey, hard work pays off. I worked really, really hard for this. And I really wanted this goal to work out. So then that happened. And um, pretty much by the time I was on the podium, it had already, that feeling already sort of went away. I was um, already thinking like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? And that kind of hit me hard. I was thinking, wow, I can't even sit here and be happy that I just accomplished a goal that I've probably had for the past seven years of my training (laughs) and uh that was a big eye-opening thing for me and so when i got back from art emotion i immediately started training again i didn't really know where my training was going i just knew i wanted to train and then about a month later was when i hit my head really hard on a metal bar and it split open and so i had a pretty gnarly concussion (laughs) and concussions are one of those things that teaches you some really valuable lessons if you've never had one before it's because It puts you in this headspace where you think you're fine and you feel fine, but you're really not. And everyone can tell you can't. And so it it like sort of brings more problems that you have with yourself to the surface. And so I remember I handled it really well. I um, basically was doing a scoot double pull into a foam pit. Uh, We were just warming up. And um, I had the whole Tempest team there. It was like one of our first team trainings together as a new team. And 
yeah, as I went for the scoot double full, I remember having thought, I think I'm close to that bar, and then immediately hit my head on it. And then um, I didn't get knocked out, which was a good surprise, but I remember laying in the foam pit like, oh my God, I just messed up really bad. And I knew that I wasn't going to get to train for a while, and I didn't know what it was going to look like. But I looked up at Jesse and Eric, and I kind of laughed, and they looked at me, and they're like, uh, and Eric was like, I'm going to go get some paper towels. And I didn't even know I was bleeding until I looked down at the blocks and I was like, oh my God, do I need to go to the hospital? And Jesse's like, yeah. <laughs> so then Jesse came in and like kind of got the paper towels and was like holding it together and it was just so painful. But at the same time, I was just like, all right, well, this is happening. Let's go take care of it. <laughs> you know, gotta, gotta go to the hospital, I guess. And so um, on my way there, I just remember like this throbbing pain that was happening and um, I just remember thinking like, oh, this is like the most terrible thing that could possibly happen. But then I thought, no, no, it's not like this. There's something to learn from this. And so went to the hospital, got all stitched up and had to take some time off. Obviously, uh, Richard was coming into town, uh, just a week later for that, which was nice because then I'd have someone to like be there and help me rest and not, uh, I wouldn't feel the need to like go out and train because I'm like alone and I'm like, oh, but this is a fun thing to do, you know? <laughs> So this was a good lesson for me because I always take into account that I'm moving too quickly. I'm never like actually taking the time to slow down and be present and appreciate where I'm at. So that was what I thought the lesson was. And um, then I start feeling better. My concussion symptoms are going away. I'm feeling like myself again. And then I get into a gnarly car accident, uh, probably one of the worst that I've ever been in. And I was stopped and the car behind me was going um, like 40 miles an hour and he fell asleep at the wheel and hit me. And then I hit the car in front of me. And um, yeah, <laughs> so that was like, it brought all of the concussion sy symptoms back. And all of a sudden I'm just thinking like, what is happening? <laughs> like, this is crazy. But again, I didn't want to be negative about it because I knew there could just be a reason for it. And so I got out of my car. The guy was really upset. He was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I fell asleep. And he was like really honest, which a lot of times people aren't. They try and cover that up. And I told him, hey, it's no worries. Um, I wanted a new car and now I'm going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> so we pretty much handled all the insurance and stuff. And um, I ended up going to England a couple days after that anyway. So I was able to get my mind off of it pretty quickly. But yeah, I just, when I got back to training again, I, I noticed I was still having that issue where I wasn't um, being present. I wasn't fully appreciating where I was at. I was like, why am I not good anymore? And why is this happening? And instead of just taking account that like, hey, I need to slow down a little bit and I need to take time. And if I'm not improving right now, there's something else to assess about it. Like maybe I need a little bit of a break. And so I was able to take a break from that. I worked on a good commercial at the beginning of the year. Thank goodness for that because after coronavirus hit, like I didn't get to work for a long time. So <laughs> it's really good. But, um, but yeah, I ended up getting a lot of lessons from that and just feel so much better about myself and where I'm at currently. And being able to push my comfort zone a little bit just feels better than it ever has. And yeah, just being more aware and being fully present so that I can know like, hey, there's a metal bar right there. I shouldn't hit my face on it. And like, <laughs> just even yeah, the that little... That helps. So definitely not slamming your face into metal bars, but that's crazy. That's a wild story. So I didn't know the full story. I mean, I got bits and pieces through social media, but like I didn't really get a chance to talk to you and find out exactly what happened. And that's insane to know that 
the car accident came right after. Yeah, so, it was like a month later, almost yeah. exactly. So I got to ask you, what is it though that allows you, because you know, every time something happened to you, you were able to find yourself in a space where you could feel the negative thoughts start to bubble up and come back to the surface. What was it? Why are you able to say like, okay, no, like there needs to be a silver lining here. You know, like what, what lets you tap into that? Where is that coming from? What originates that for you? Or where did that originate from? Yeah. So um, one of the things I'm understanding more and more is that we are not necessarily our thoughts and you don't have to completely trust all of the thoughts that you have. So every time I have a negative thought, I can literally have the choice to be like, no, pick again <laughs> and just get rid of it. So, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize about their life is they always have a choice. And so when they're thinking that life is happening to them, it's actually really not. It's your mindset that is allowing all of this to happen to you and whether or not you agree with it and find it as a positive thing, that's up to you, but it's all a choice. So I think once I learned that lesson, it was super valuable. And from there on out, every time I have that negative thought, I can just replace it with a positive one. And the thing is, is like, you know, negative things are going to happen to you, but those are learning lessons too, because you realize like, Hey, this is what I don't prefer in life. Now I know that. <laughs> and it's good. Like you can, you can always bring it back to a positive state. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I personally live by that where I do believe we don't control what happens to us. Like you didn't choose to have some guy fall asleep and slam into the back of your car, but you do get to choose how you respond. You do get to say, you know what? I'm going to get out of this car. I'm not going to start yelling at this guy. Like you freaking jerk. What did you do? I'm going to first see, Hey, are you okay? First off, are you okay? Like, and check on another person. So you get to choose how you show up to the things that happen to you. That's so cool. So is that something that's just natural? Like, is that like, you're just lucky and that's the way you think? Is that a skill that you can actually work on that you get better at the same way you get better at flips? Um, I think it's, it's a skill in its own where you'd have to, it definitely didn't come naturally to me because I always thought that like life was happening to me. And I don't know, I wouldn't say that I was like the most enlightened when it came to that. But um, I've listened to tons of podcasts and read lots of books about like how to better yourself and that all just comes with it is understanding that you have so much control in life and it's all about how you react to things so that's definitely helped me but it wasn't something that you know came natural and I feel like you always have to work on it so one of the things that I'm trying to incorporate more in my life is meditation and self-care and stuff and so I've been meditating a lot. And then also when I'm in the grocery store and I'm waiting in line, that's the time to do it again. Not necessarily like going in and like focusing on your breath, but like understanding I'm not waiting. I'm being me. I'm like, I'm a human being, not a human doing, which I've heard before. I was like, Oh, I really resonate with that. Mm -hmm. Cause uh, yeah, I heard that once and I was just like, wow, that's. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I actually, it's so funny that you say the grocery store thing because about back in January, I was on a job interview and I remember I was waiting to speak with like the president of the location. And I was just sitting at one of the tables. And as I was waiting, I was just like, this would be a fun time to kind of practice meditating and see if I could kind of get into that space. And mm -hmm. it was so cool. I started to tap into that space, really started focusing on my breathing. And I found myself getting very, very present. And I was looking around the space and just looking at everybody. And you can see like, wow, like out of like, let's say there were 10 people in the room nine of them weren't very present. They were all just kind of caught up in the rustle and bustle of the day. But that one person you look across and you make eye contact with them, it's like, oh, you're also in the same moment as me right yeah. now. Like we're both 
ultimately doing di different things, different people, but we caught ourselves in that same moment. And it's such a cool experience to be present with somebody else because you now know, I don't know what you're thinking about, but I know you're an intentional human being. I know you're a thoughtful human being. I know that you are currently on some sort of path that you chose for yourself. And I think ultimately that's pretty cool. You know, like when people, I think that's personally why people look up to you because your life is kind of symbolic of that. It's a very easy one to look at and say like, oh, wow. Like, I don't think Sydney became Sydney on accident. I think there was a lot of thought. There was a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of persistence. You know, it's, you made your life, you cultivated it and shaped it into something that you wanted to see happen and you didn't give up at the first setback you know like we talked about this last year your relationship building a relationship with the word no and that rejection comes up and you have to be able to work through that so it's cool to hear that you do cultivate a mindset for that you do have a practice between meditation and just doing inner work i gotta ask you what's some of the podcasts that you listen to because i listen to podcasts pretty much every day, like often. Um, so I'm curious, like what's your, one of your favorite podcasts? I've been listening to uh, Tim Ferriss a lot and also Sam Harris. I think they're mm -hmm. really good podcasts. And um, yeah, just on the more spiritual side, like I like to listen to uh, T.L. Swan and then I've been reading um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I, you gotta like see my bookshelf. Like that book is <laughs> literally right there. Oh, oh I, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm actually, that's really nice to hear that you do do this sort of work because I think ultimately, and I know maybe it's coming from a guy's perspective growing up, the idea of listening to things like uh, podcasts that are self-help or self-improvement, those kind of things that sounded really, really lame to me uh, personally mm -hmm. growing up. I just, I thought it wasn't like a cool thing. And as I'm getting older, I'm just like, wait, that's stupid. Why would I think that's lame? Like I'm getting instruction on how to make myself better, how to upgrade myself. That would be like saying it's lame to learn how to make your car go faster or to make your like skateboard skills better. Like it's, why would yeah. I not want to improve myself? I don't understand why self-development gets such a bad rep because it's just so good for you. And every single successful person does it, you know, they understand that to a point that it's necessary to take in people's experiences and people's perspectives and opinions. It is important to have differing opinions from your own as well, because that just helps you grow as a person. So I don't see anything wrong with self-development and I wish more people would take it on because I think it's really, really helpful. Absolutely. So I got to ask you with self-development, do you find that it's important now to control your outer environment? Because, you know, with the self-development, you development you are controlling your inner environment right you're cultivating the i call it the garden of your mind you mm -hmm. constantly watch after it what about your outside world you know do you now start to cultivate that world and put yourself in different environments that aid in it or are you kind of like no like i'm this crazy bubble that i could go into any environment and i'll change it like i will make that environment better <laughs> I, I guess you can I'm like trying to think of a good response to that, but I understand what you mean. And I think maybe it could be as simple as like walking into a grocery store and smiling at someone and making their day because maybe that person really needed that smile, you know, and they noticed you for a second. And then that literally changes that person's day and their life. So I think it's one of those things where you have the power to sort of 
inspire people and inspire environments in that sense to be able to change as well. Um, but the only way you do that is by being you. So that's one of the more interesting things that I've learned is um, by, cause like, cause I could tell someone, Hey, if you want to be successful, do this, you know, and like, and give them specific instructions on exactly how to be successful. Or I could just continue living my best life and acting on my passion and people will be inspired by it and take it on themselves and go on their journey, whatever that looks like, no insistence on it whatsoever. And then they end up doing something they love. See, all right. So that's really cool because you just sparked two thoughts in my head. One is a memory of something that just happened this past weekend. My buddy and I, we rode our bikes out to the boardwalk. And when we got out there, we were trying to do like, we couldn't ride our bikes on the boardwalk in the middle of the day because there were a lot of people walking. So the beach patrol told us off the bikes. So we're walking the bikes side by side, but then we're like, well, we can't sit on the bikes and ride them. But maybe if we press our bodies like against each other and we both stand on a pedal, like we can just like do this weird sort of contraption. So we start playing around like that. And there's this older gentleman, he's walking behind us and he's just like, yeah, you guys got it. And we were so focused on what we were doing. Like we were just like trying to get it to go and we almost had it, but we didn't quite get it. And as the guy kind of kept walking, maybe about 30, 45 seconds go by, the guy kind of keeps walking. He's by on our side and he's now in front of us. I just say to him, I was like, Hey man, thanks for the support. Like, I know we didn't get it, but like, thanks. And he turns around and he goes, thank you for acknowledging me. And I was just like, whoa. And he was just like, yeah, man. I was actually like really upset just now that I said you guys got it and I didn't get any sort of acknowledgement back. And it was an older guy. He was like probably like in his 50s. And I was just like, wow. And then we actually spent the next 20 minutes just walking down the boardwalk talking with this guy. Really nice guy. Really cool. But it's what you just said, like just giving that little bit of acknowledgement, that little smile, that little word of encouragement, it has the ability, the power to change the environment dramatically. Someone could be having an awful day and all you have to do is say hi and you just mm -hmm. flip the switch on them. So yeah, think, and then they pass it on too. Right. You know, which is pretty crazy to think about. So you can, by affecting one other person, you're affecting several other people. And it, like it starts grassroots, like it's, it needs to expand from that level where we share. And the second thing that you made come to my mind, which is, I love it. You absolutely said it where, you know, you can tell someone like, Hey, you want to be successful, do this, this, and this, because that's what you did, but it's not the full picture. And that's why you don't say it to people like that. Because although on the outside, that's what it looked like you did. There's this whole inner world, this inner thought process that was behind every thought, every action. So on the inside, you know, it's like me doing 10 pushups and someone else doing 10 pushups. For me, 10 pushups might be like the absolute max. So like when I do 10 pushups, I'm pushing myself to the limit. I am internally maxing myself out and going past my limitation. Someone else, 10 pushups might be nothing to them. So although we're both doing 10 pushups, we're not both doing the same thing. So figuring out on the inside, like, hey, in order to be successful, it means that you are putting yourself out there. You are being vulnerable. And whatever that looks like for you, that's what you need to go and do. You need to go and face what you're afraid of. Like That might be talking to strangers. That might be picking up the phone and making a call to somebody that you need to make a call to. It might be having uncomfortable conversations. You know, you and I might consider two different sort of conversations, comfortable and uncomfortable. I think it's important that people hear that and know that and they don't think, oh man, that person's like 
it's so easy for them. Like you don't know internally what's happening, what's going on with them. Yeah, it's so true. And, and you're absolutely right because success, there's no one way to it. You know, there's, I mean, there's several things that people that are successful have in common that they do, but then there's also a ton of exceptions that didn't do any of it and they're successful too. So it's just, it's really important to take into account that what worked for me might not work for you at all and vice versa. So I think it's a really good lesson for people to understand. So I got a question for you because I think a lot of people, myself included, would consider you successful. You know, like you have a pretty awesome resume, your mm -hmm. life, like as far as like you do a, a dream job to a lot of people in our community. Um, but earlier you said you had achieved these kind of milestones that you had worked so hard for. So now you're standing at the top of your mountain and it was a very short lived victory. It was like a, wow. And it's funny because I remember last year we were like talking about like what your goals were. I remember you were saying <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, my goals are to get back to training and be consistent and take the competition scene. And like you had it planned out, you had it mapped out. So it went into fruition. It happened. You achieved your goal. And then you kind of like your party was like over immediately and you're like, Oh, what, what the hell? So <laughs> I got to ask, what does success look like to you now? How do you define success? Hmm. That's a really good question. Cause I'm not even like entirely sure because I've seen so many different variables of success, right? Like winning art of motion was a huge success, but also my training in general is a success and um, getting to work on this certain film is it's a success, but there's also just that training behind it. I, I guess success is one of those things where I don't, it's more just about the journey that you're on and, and just enjoying each moment to it. But if we go back to like how I felt at the end of art of motion, it was actually kind of scary on some level because I realized like I've reached this big goal. It's what's next as in what could I possibly do in this sport that would be more exciting than this moment right now that I can't even fully enjoy because I'm already thinking about what I could possibly do next, which was kind of scary for me. Um, so in that sense, right now what I'm trying to do is just, um, I guess just defend it and just continue to enjoy that and my training while I can do that. And also just get more into the stunt world. I mean, I've been working on, in stunts for about six years now. And recently I just got a call from my agent saying that some, I don't know, Australia wants to reuse a commercial that I did in 2014, which was six years ago. And it's crazy because I'm like, what is, why do they want to do that? And she told me it's because they can't make anything new because of coronavirus. And I know this is like super off topic and stuff, but it's not because um, I guess the definition of success is continuing to have that mindset that good things will come because that's kind of what it means to me to like live in a state of success. Because if I didn't have a positive mindset, then all of the things that I went through in the past year, I could consider myself unsuccessful by some means, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I you know. And that's so, I think important to hear. And I'm really happy you said it, that success isn't necessarily the result it's more so, like you said, it's the journey and also even more deeply important than that. It's how you feel about the journey and how you feel about the things you have accomplished because two people could do the same thing and you cannot be happy with 
what you created, what you made. So being able to look back, I think that's kind of a part of success right there, being able to look back at what you have done, what you have created, where you have been, and to be happy with it and to say like, wow, like I'm proud that I did that. I'm proud that I was able to create that experience for myself and for the world. And that's really cool, actually, that you created something back in 2014. Yeah. (laughs) And that it's coming back and like, that's awesome. And that's, I think it's funny. This is, might be like a side note now, but this is something I recently discovered that things work in a little bit of a cycle and I call it like the, uh, the consumer cycle or like the producer cycle where at the top here we've, we consume things, right? Us as people, Mm -hmm. we eat food, we watch videos, we listen to podcasts, we read books, like we consume. So most of us, when we consume, we take that consumption and we go over here to the next step, which is digestion, right? So we take it in and we absorb it into ourselves. So the things we learn, we're absorbing it in. The foods we eat, we're absorbing it in. From that digestion, we take it down here and we work with it, right? We utilize the, the knowledge, the food, the energy, whatever. And most of the time, once we get here to this work mode, we kind of take ourselves right back up to consumption again, but we're missing this other half of the circle. So if we take that work and we go over here and we produce, what happens is now we've taken what we digested, we're working with it and we're producing something more, something new. And this allows the cycle to be completed because this is ultimately where we're able to consume again. Kind of like how you and I just said, we went back and we listened to that podcast from a year ago. We mm-hmm. had produced something that we we're able to come back and reconsume, and that fuels the circle for more. And it's like Absolutely. that's the abundance. Yeah, and and the reason I listened to the podcast too is because I wanted to know what we were talking about and like where I was a year ago because so much has changed that I'm definitely not the same person I was a year ago. But it's a good thing, you know. It's a good thing to have that growth. And um, you're so right. Like you want to take that, you want to produce more with it. So something that I had also thought about, like once I had one and stuff like that is I want to help other people like get to the point where they're feeling good and you know they're they're having success and stuff and one of the things that I wanted to start doing is start making videos where I can like shout out some of the girls in our community too because we have so many amazing female athletes that just don't get enough recognition and I think they definitely deserve more of it so that's something that's a personal project that I want to start working on and I need to actually start doing it now that I have the time to. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh my God. You just got me so excited. And I'm upset that women's week didn't get to happen at Woodward this summer because we were super stoked about that. Seneca was super stoked. And by the way, I got to give a shout out to Naomi Perlman because, and like to you, because you straight up have like inspired her. She was like a gymnast last year. She completely made the transition. She's all parkour. She dove so deep in and like she's just progressing like nobody's business and That's it's awesome. so funny because she'll like send me stuff and she's like yo like I got this new thing and like I watched one of Sydney's videos and like you inspire her and mm-hmm. I was just like yo that is so freaking rad like I love that she has a role model like you and like I know you and I know the type of person you are where like I would be happy to have anyone look up to you because ultimately I know a good human being is going to be produced following what you're doing and following the intention and message that you put out into the world. So thank you so much. That's really sweet. No, thank you. Like you're the one like killing it and crushing it for these kids. Like I absolutely, that's side note. Like I'm just like going off on a little bit of a tangent there, but like, I seriously do appreciate knowing that you're out there. And then to hear you say that, you know, you're looking at creating a deeper mission for your life and yourself where you want to help people that, Mm -hmm. 
that's powerful, you know, to be able to elevate yourself, to have a hand that reaches back and pulls somebody up along the way. That's, in my opinion, the way it's meant to be done. Definitely. And, and I'm learning more and more as well about connection because I'm someone that you could say is actually quite introverted. And um, for a long time, I didn't like talking to people, especially strangers. I didn't want to like reach out to people or like try and make those connections. But then you see how important it is for your life and how like uplifting it can be and how making a new friend can put you in such a different headspace as well as create amazing opportunities for yourself. And it's something, like I said, that I'm just learning about so much, especially lately, is you make a a connection through someone and then you'll continue to make those connections through other people and they're just so good for your life for so many reasons. So um, why wouldn't I want to help, you know, some young girl that like wants to be successful? It makes so much sense. Like, why wouldn't I want to shout them out and help them out? Because people have helped me out along the way. I know that. So I would love to give back and continue that cycle. Absolutely. And this is actually something, you know, you brought something up and I kind of wanted to go here a little bit. I recently have been finding the importance of networking, the importance of making connections and cultivating and building relationships and really taking care and nurturing the relationships that are good for us. You know, so I find, you know, you live in California. That's where there are just a ton of people. I mean, I think personally, I look at California, it's like that place is all about networking. Like it's very, you have to know people out there because there are just so many people. There's so much space. So in order for you to kind of stand out in the crowd, you need someone on your side to introduce you on a platform in a sense. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for networking and have you found it to be important in your life it's sound, I mean it kind of like from the head nods it looks like it's relatively important <laughs> yeah well it's just such an interesting topic I actually have a book called networking for people that hate networking <laughs> I love it <laughs> I actually haven't finished it but there are some good lessons in it like you you find out a lot about like why it, it feels weird and stuff and for me I always frowned upon it because I thought like if you're going out to network with someone you're going out literally to take advantage of them and like you know that's what I thought originally is like they'd have like these networking parties for like stunts and stuff like that and it made me cringe the idea of going there and being like I'm Sydney I have this award I've done this and this and this like help me get work you know that kind of stuff and and that's what I thought it was and so for a long time I didn't want to do it because I just figured that's like such a harsh thing but then I realized that it's not about that it's very much about like making a genuine connection with people that you actually enjoy being around. And then it's a mutual benefit because they benefit from it too. You know, that's, that's what real friendships are. So, um, and then a lot of it is subconscious too. Like when I first met Jesse LaFlair, I was networking technically and I didn't even know. And um, the reason that happened was because I met him at NAPC in 2014 and at the time, I really wanted to get into stunts. I really wanted to move to LA and he was living the life that I wanted to live. So I went up to him and I talked to him about it and I asked him like, what can I do to make that happen? Like, obviously you're doing it. Like, how can I go about this? Cause I have no idea. And, um, you know, he gave me some pretty basic answers as far as like, oh, well you should move to LA or you should move, you know, like into a place where they are making movies. It doesn't make sense to live where you're living. And that's a very obvious thing. Um, <laughs> but then, A week later, um, after I had got home, Jesse called me up and flew me to LA to work on this music video. And that was my first job ever. And um, well, my first film job ever, like 
yeah, I had other jobs, but not like that. <laughs> anyway, so I did that job and then it inspired me to move down to LA about a month later. And so then like having that friendship with Jesse all of a sudden, it wasn't just a benefit to me anymore too. Like it definitely helped him as well to have a friend. And um, like we've bounced ideas off of each other for the past six years, you know? And so at the time I didn't really look at that as networking, but I look back now and that's all it is. I just asked him a question. You don't have to go in there and be like a cringy person and be like, well, I'm the greatest. And this is why you should hire me. <laughs> you can literally just go up and like ask someone a question and get someone's opinion and their perspective. And that is networking. That is making a connection. Absolutely. I, I got to clap it up for you on that one because seriously, like that is so important. And I felt the same way growing up. I felt it was super like, oh my God, like, am I like trying to use somebody like to get myself ahead? But now that I look at it, things differently, I'm like, well, first off, walk into any situation, introduce yourself as who you are, you know, like be yourself, be genuine. You don't need to act any different. Just be your genuine self and see, do you resonate? Is there a real connection? If there's a real connection there, then let the other person know, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm looking to do. And I see what you're doing. Can you tell me more about it? Take a genuine interest in other people and they'll take a genuine interest in you. And what you can find is you can actually be providing them with something. Like you just said, it was a mutual benefit for both mm -hmm. of you. It was obvious, it's clear to see like you were able to get what you were looking for in the sense of you wanted to learn more about how to enter into this world and into this space. And then Jesse was able to get an awesome friendship out of it, a coworker, someone that he was able to do jobs with, someone that he could refer to other people. So he got a resource out of you as being able to provide this valuable resource to his other network of people. And mm -hmm. it's benefit like that. It's life is a team sport. And I think we don't necessarily get told that we almost like are told like, Hey, you have to do it completely on your own and we should have self-reliance for sure. But then also recognizing that you can only grow so much by yourself. It is a team sport and don't be afraid to, go out with the intention on, hey, like I'm working on this project. Let me tell some people about it or let me find someone else who may have done what I've done. And let me ask them about it. Let me pick their brain and see, can I also provide value? Because I think a lot of things that we do oftentimes, when we know the value that someone else can give to us, we automatically assume that there's no value we can give to them. Mm -hmm. And we Not forget sure. that like, we provide, we're a whole nother human being with a whole nother list of experience and different things that have happened to us. We can bring brand new insight to that person. They don't think like us. They haven't lived our lives. They don't know what we can bring to them. And we might not even know what we can bring to them, but don't take yourself out of the game by just assuming that because you know what you want from that person, that they might not know what they want from you and you guys can give it to each other. Exactly. And, and you brought up another good point in my head of like a lot of times what kind of scares people about networking is they'll often think of that person that they're trying to approach as better than them. Like they'll make a comparison. Well, this person's done that and stuff and it automatically makes them like a better person or whatever. They might just be better at what they're doing and stuff, but like that's really good to be able to pick their brain off of it and stuff. And like you said, you can always offer insight as well because you have a different experience a whole, like literally just a whole different way of being from someone else, you know, like life is so different between like you and I, you know what I mean? We've experienced plenty of different things as well as the same. So it's really cool to be able to 
meet people and like make connections that way and understand that there's always going to be that mutual benefit between friends and coworkers and whoever else, even enemies, you know? Yeah. I, I love it. I really, <laughs> networking has become one of my favorite things and this is a little bit of a tangent, but guys, if you are watching this and I had a friend of mine, I want to share this story. I had a friend of mine who called me up one night, a couple months ago, he's in college and he's just like, Hey man, like I'm actually really struggling with this decision on, do I want to stay in college? He has like a, an entrepreneurial spirit. He's been doing his own business on the side for a lot of years. And he's like, you know, does it make sense for me to stay here and to stay in college? And I said, well, let's just like, look at the options. Like, I'm going to give you my opinion. Oh, look at the cat. I'm going to give you my <laughs> personal opinion. And that's all it is. It's just an opinion. If you know that you're in college to be something like a doctor or a lawyer, where this degree is 1000% necessary, then yes, you need to stay in college, get that degree, go through the process and get to the top of that mountain. If you're in college right now and you are in a place where you're like, I have no clue what I want to do and I'm figuring this stuff out. Well, I think that's a pretty expensive place to figure things out. So <laughs> maybe like if it's not a, if you got money coming out the wazoo, then go ahead, stay there. Cool. But let's say you do decide to stay in college, recognize what the important thing is. And I try and this is my personal opinion. I don't think it's the education. That's the important thing in college because the education is free. You can find it in a textbook. You can find it at the library. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it in podcast. So finding the information is relatively inexpensive and easy to get access to. However, what you do have access to is a network of individuals who are potentially very like-minded. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying to be surrounded by this group of individuals who are also looking to grow, looking to better themselves. So if you're in college, I would recommend go find the geekiest, smartest like computer nerd and go befriend him, go be his best friend. Cause in 20 years, that kid's just going to be able to do some crazy cool stuff on the computer <laughs> and then go find other people that they are pursuing a lifestyle that you yourself want to pursue, or maybe they come from a family that has a lifestyle that you want to pursue and go be friends with them because ultimately we can be friends with anybody. But if I'm friends with the guys that grew up in my neighborhood that never left the corner or if I'm friends with the guys that had a lot of ambition and grew themselves to a certain state, you know, I could develop an equal friendship with both of those sort of people. But one of those is going to grow me and one of those is going to keep me stagnant. And if I'm stagnant, I'm not in a place where I can help anybody else. So if you're going to get intentional about your life and you want to grow, think about the people the same way we cultivated our internal environment, cultivate your external environment as well. And recognize that you can bring value to everybody, but that's kind of, it's like spending your money in the right place. Like spend your money where it's going to go the furthest. Oh, it's such good insight. It's so important to surround yourself with people that are either at the same level as you or just higher up. Like it's so important to surround yourself with people that are inspiring in that way, because yeah, if you're stagnant and you're like, you know, friends with people from high school that haven't done anything with their lives and they're just like, negative and stuff that's going to affect you in a certain way and that's not what you want to be doing with your life you know you got to get clear and intentional on what you do want and surround yourself with it like create that environment for yourself yes i love it i like that you said that to create it like you make yeah. that environment it doesn't <laughs> just happen on accident like you meeting jesse like that took you taking a like 
took a nice deep breath. I was like, all right, I'm going over there. I'm going to go talk to this guy. Like, and I'm going to ask him this question. Like, hey, yeah. like, what do I need to do? And now he's one of my best friends, which is like such a crazy story, you know? No, absolutely. Like, it's, it's funny. I was telling a friend of mine recently, I've been on Zoom with a lot of different people throughout COVID and the new connections I have and the new friendships I've cultivated in the middle of the social distancing that I'm just like, how am I even friends with you people? Like, I don't get it. Like I have no, like I'm going to Arizona in about two weeks. And one of the guys I'm meeting up with, I was like, Hey, like let's hang out. I want to get some work done. He's also like a mentor of mine. I was like, yeah, I want you to teach me kind of how you run your business. And you know, it's a cool if we like when I come out there, we just like make it like a work vacation. And he's like, yeah, but to be honest, I kind of work from my yacht and I was just like, um, yeah, that, that's cool with me, dude. Like we could, we could work from the yacht, bro. And he's like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And it's just like, I wouldn't have ever met him had I not just kind of started putting myself out there in the spaces and just creating a network and meeting people. Yeah. I think, I think it's important for people to realize too, there's no harm in just trying to reach out to someone. And if they say no, no, or don't respond, like there's no harm done there, you know? you just that's and you're gonna like we've talked about before like you're gonna get told no sometimes and that's totally okay it just means it wasn't the right person or right connection or whatever yep one of my favorite sayings you can't say the right thing to the wrong people and you can't say the wrong thing to the right people Ooh, that is so good <laughs> right i love it i absolutely like i wrote it on my wall and like i literally look at it every day <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so real quick, so I'm happy that you came on. I want to start to wrap this up, but I do have a question for you. Mm, yeah. So I don't know about you, but ultimately I do find that as I grow in life, I start to get hit with reoccurring themes where the same sort of lesson kind of just keeps knocking me over the head until it's just like, hey, are you paying attention? And then I'm like, oh my God, yes. So have you been noticing any reoccurring themes lately in your own life personally? Uh, yeah. Um, so basically that whole literal head hit and then the literal head hit again with the car accident was like that for me. Like I said, it was just being more intentional, being more aware of what's going on around me and being um, more present, being more happy, you know, like, like having the choice to like sort of change that perspective of myself or because it was something that I thought I was really good at. Like I thought I'm a, I'm a happy person and I'm like I'm going places in life and stuff. But then I found out like, I'm not happy unless I'm accomplishing things. And that's not good. Like, I'm not just happy being myself. So that was a really important lesson for me. And that was like a general theme that kept coming up. And then the other thing too is like comparison stuff as well. Like, I'm such a person that like loves to grow. So seeing people that are like better than me or whatever, like almost makes me feel bad instead of like understanding that that's my opportunity to grow. So like these themes keep coming up and I start realizing it within myself. And it's such a good thing to realize that and to be aware of it because then you can change it, but you can't change it unless you do the work and like, Hey, where did that come from? Like, why do I feel that way? What in my childhood made me feel that way? <laughs> and then you figure that out and then you realize like, Hey, that makes no sense. So I can just get rid of it and I can continue on with that new lesson that I have and my life will just be so much better because of it. I love it. Oh my God. I love it. So I have two more questions, but I seriously, like those answers were amazing. Um, next question I want to ask you is what sacrifices have you found that you've had to make for the life you live? Um, and personally that's coming from, I believe everyone that achieves any level of success, you have to be willing to pay a price 
and there's some sort of sacrifice. Maybe that is public or it's private, uh, but ultimately there is a price that's paid. So what do you feel have been sacrifices you've made for your life? Um, some of them are really simple. Some of them are more in depth, but one of them is financial security. Uh, I, that is like probably one of the biggest sacrifices I made was going from a job where I was making money and like it was consistent and stuff to going to the idea that like, hey, I don't get to work right now and I have to fend for myself like and create those opportunities to come in so I can continue to make money. Because in my field, like you're not guaranteed work. You know, it's not something that's just going to come up all of the time. You have to create that and you have to, it's like one of those things that you have to like really hold yourself accountable. But, um, but yeah, financial security, I would say would be the biggest sacrifice because a lot of people feel comfortable and they want to stay at their jobs because the idea of starting their own business is too scary because they're like, well, what if I don't make any money? And that's, it's a real thought. It's a real scary thought. But, (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think that's why too, when the, when COVID started, becoming a really big thing and stuff and everyone's you know and this uncertainty and stuff for me that wasn't really the craziest thing I've ever experienced because I'm so used to the idea that I might not work for three months so that was kind of nothing new to me so I was like all right well cool I can use this you know to stay inside and get better at cooking and all that so anyway but yeah that's one of the biggest sacrifices was not being um, sure about like whether or not I'd make money and just like leaving behind certainty of money if that makes sense i absolutely love that answer it makes perfect sense i personally i wish we even started talking about that earlier because i think people need to have a conversation about finances and money it's crazy important to me and i think it's a conversation that's not had often but we will save that for another time because we can or at least i can go into that for hours i don't know about you but i can literally talk about that forever (laughs) great Um, But yeah, that and then um, other sacrifices are just as simple as like, you know, I don't eat dessert. I eat very healthy and I make sure that like I'm nourishing my body full of like good nutrition, positive things, that kind of stuff. I don't buy into like all of the drama and stuff. And, and I know that those sound like little sacrifices, but they actually can be quite big if you think take into account how much you actually do it. So um, I would say that and... There's definitely more, <laughs> but yeah, just, I guess, I guess the sacrifice would even just be like taking the time to work on yourself too and spending that instead of watching TV or relaxing or whatever you would say you'd normally do on a normal day, right? Like prioritizing things. So um, yeah, going into my room and reading a book that's really helpful in self-development rather than watching the newest TV show. Yeah. You know what? And I'm happy to hear you speak share that because it is a sacrifice. It truly, truly is. And people that do it, no. I wake up every day at about 4.30, 4.45 a.m. And for the first two, two and a half hours of my morning, it's based in working on myself, doing whatever I need to do, whether it's education, whether it's meditation, whether it's prayer, whether it's journaling, whatever it is, I take care of myself in the morning because the rest of the day, I have to take care of my business and my work and my life. But ultimately, the sacrifice has to be made because otherwise I would enjoy to sleep. And I'm sure you would enjoy, like you said, laying on the couch, watching some TV, Netflixing out with some friends, letting them like say like, Hey, let's go out tonight. And you're like, yeah, screw it. Let's go out tonight. Yeah. And it it does happen occasionally. And that's okay too, because there's also like that balance of, I feel like I really need this today and that's okay too. 
but I would say it's just like the, com the general commitment to spending most of your time doing that rather than this. I love it. That delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. So I got one final question for you. And this one, I think you'd love, or I think I've asked it to you before in the past. If you can give your, like your 16 year old self a little bit of advice, what's something that you would tell 16 year old Sydney? Oh God, I don't even remember what 16-year-old <laughs> like. That was actually before I started doing parkour. Oh, so wow. So it's crazy to think about. Yeah, I know. I started so late. Um, <laughs> I would say um, that life is not going to be what you think it's going to be. So you might as well drop all of those ex expectations right now because you don't want to be disappointed by the fact that you're not going to be a lawyer. You know, like that's, that was my thought is I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and then, um, then the next year I found parkour and everything changed and stuff. But I would say the biggest lesson that I can learn is to not put insistence on what you would like with your goals, like choose a goal and follow it. But, but just be aware that things are going to change and success is never a straight line. It's always going to have up and downs with it. And just be aware that that's okay and that's part of the process. And it doesn't mean that you're on the wrong track. It just means that there's another route to it. Oh, my God. I love it. Sydney, Sorry if that thank wasn't really well said, but yeah. <laughs> no, that was very well said. I, I resonate with that answer big time. And it's the truth. You know, anyone listening that might be younger and they think that life is going to just take you in a straight line where you want to go, be prepared. You're going to get hit with curves you're going to get hit with u-turns there's going to be roundabouts you're going to zigzag left and right when you're trying to go in that direction ultimately if you stick with it you will get there but be prepared like things are not going to work out the way you expect and that's a-okay it's normal it happens to all of us just keep going so thank you for sharing that and thank you for coming on today i really appreciate always appreciate talking to you and you have Thanks such so insight that it's I think it resonates with a lot of people. There's a crowd of people that you can speak to that your voice and your story resonates with them that I just can't resonate with them. So I'm so happy that you share. Thank you so much, Marlon. It's always good to talk to you. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you were able to get some sort of value from it. If you found anything that was valuable, please go into the comments. Let us know what it was, what your key takeaway was. We look through the comments every day. We respond to all of them, and it lets us know what's working, what's resonating, and what we should talk more about. If you have found anything to be useful that you're able to apply to your life, go back and listen to it again because the second and third time you come around and listen to the information, what you find is the information doesn't change, but you change and new things are going to start to stand out to you. That's why we record these. That's why they're out there for you to come back to and listen. And finally, if you are finding value here. I need you. I need you to go out and share this with a friend. Send this to them. Let them know they need to listen. They need to take action and they need to change their life because if you want to grow, you're going to need your network to grow. You're going to need your inner circle to grow. Okay. So that's the best gift you can give somebody. Give them education that they can apply to their life and level themselves up. Keep learning and keep growing. I'll see you on the next episode.